0: You are locked into Hour 3 of RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You know, this is the after hour where we get a little looser. We get into some topics that might be a little salacious for the earlier hours or not. You know, we just like to build it up for you. (laughs) Um... Listen, that Mario song was the joint, right? And Gucci was flowing on that one. That was my jam. Love you. Anyway, shout out to Mario. He did his thing at that versus thinking back. He was the only one that had maintained ah, 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 that voice. I mean, who? what was it? Ray J. I love Ray J to death, so I'm going to support Ray J with whatever he does. I, that's just the thing. But the voice wasn't there that night.
1: Yeah, the most ratchetest versus... <laughs> I was so disappointed
0: What did you want to see? What would you have wanted to see to make it more? I didn't
1: like the ratchetness coming from Pleasure P. I don't okay. like especially Sammy Sammy was the one that was I was kind of quite surprised He definitely wasn't that that uh, the young the young kid singing at the Apollo anymore, you know, he right. was grown he was just Like this he...
0: wasn't the one where Omarion was eating the watermelon was that, it that
1: was Omarion versus Mario, okay? the R the RSVP that I think I want to say it was like two versus two maybe or it might have been so I don't know what it was, that.
0: but uh, their RSVP can't compete with this RSVP. But Shout out to them though.
1: And I rock with Mario. <laughs> I, just, I do
0: too. Uh,
1: he tried to flex on Omarion that day, and I ain't gonna front. He 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 did kind of flex on Omarion.
0: His voice was working that day. His mic was on. That is the thing that he had over most of the other individuals. I don't know if they were too much one with the earth, you know, and they got their herbal blessings on. But That's the voice played
1: a factor into it for sure. The
0: voices were not game ready. They at were all. not ready for prime time at all. You know, but shout out to them. I still appreciate the joints and jams from them and the and, memories that they gave.
1: And it was circumstances like that that made me wish that Versus kind of went back to how they started off. You know what I'm saying? Go back on IG Live and just play your records. You don't need to perform.
0: You just want the old school way, just yeah. storytelling and just a yeah. solid thing. That Like Teddy We Riley. don't need the concert. Yeah, Teddy Riley, that's,
1: that's what messed everything up in the jump. You know what I mean? He <laughs> over here... Got the whole performance going on and, and Babyface was just smooth in the studio. He had his glass of wine. Like, come on, like the perf- I, the performances, although I understand the business aspect of it, you know, what I'm saying you open up a venue they could perform this, that and the third, you You're making money. But once again, it took away from the essence of of how versus was I mean
0: I I do think to your point that the storytelling aspect stepped away when the live performance side was kicked off Um, getting to hear some of those stories those recollections of studio time or how things came together or who the song used to be I think that that is one of the things that we love the most obviously the pandemic had us all inside the house at the time locked in but I think that that was the essence of versus you know, they just went away. We were supposed to get a Diddy and JD concert in um, September. Nobody said anything. They just moved around. Well, they sold it, right? They, But they had sold it before they had announced that. Do you know what I'm saying? They sold it, but they were still in partnership with Triller or whatever the case may be. But then there was some, I think, legal aspects that came together because they were unhappy with certain aspects that Triller was bringing in.
1: Shouldn't have sold it in the first place. But I get it, though, you know,
0: I think it's a catch 22 because I think that they wanted to as much as we, you know, reminisce about the early days of versus Instagram cutting off in the middle of the things or sometimes some of their sound quality. We don't miss those issues that, you know, for some, like, think about who was it that had terrible sound? Was it the dream? nelly had really bad one i, I feel no, like the dream and i
1: don't even remember that versus with the dream
0: it was like the dream and lil john or something something random like that like a couple of random pairings but um this was the early early time Yeah,
1: teddy riley and and, and nelly for sure stand out to me with uh <laughs> with issues
0: terrible audio thing but you know it was fun i guess that time is done it sucks. happens. so keep it moving damn it swiss You said what? I said,
1: damn it, Swiss.
0: Swiss and Timbaland. Now Timbaland's just talking about Britney needs a muzzle. I felt like that was a bit far, Tim. Like, I get it. But the thing that I don't understand with that, when people get so upset and like, even Rick Ross was like, why is Jada still talking and Stephen A is still talking about Jada saying that the women should be coming up and raising, rallying against Jada. Hey, you want to tell your stories and give your opinion. Why are you mad at somebody else doing the exact same thing? You have a choice in this. You could not pay attention. You could not tap in. But that seems too easy, right? Too much like right. Um. So, yeah, speaking of making a right choice and a right decision, one thing that we will never say about Lori Harvey is that she is not afraid to get the buck on and move on to the next dude, the next situation. And I love that for her because so many times we always hear about women being heartbroken and not over the next man. And we see the men go on and they get this beautiful new woman and the women are supposed to be there in the background, sad, crying, never to recover. Not Miss Lori Harvey. This girl keeps it moving. I also felt like this relationship and this might be mean to say I don't really mean this but um I felt like it was a little not to the caliber that we are used to with Lori they they didn't seem as connected as you would like to see in a relationship with them and this is someone who didn't think that the relationship with Michael B. Jordan was real either so I don't know I'm not sorry to see them go I am if anybody's hurt, you know, we don't want to see that, blah, 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 blah. That's not me brushing it off. I'm just saying. We don't really know any details. Andy?
1: How long were they dating? A year. They were just smashing. That wasn't a relationship. Let's stop it. Lori Harvey is having a good time. Salute to you. She's just smashing, and that's dope.
0: And Damson wanted to raise his social value. At least that's what I think. When we come forward, we will get into their joint statement plus other trending topics and headlines. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So, Andy and I were just having a debate about Lori Harvey and if she is wife material. And, Andy, Not saying it with no shade. He was just saying that she doesn't present herself as someone who wants to settle down. So he would not advise any man that was thinking about dating her to take her seriously. And I feel like that is unfair. What do you mean? They are both dating. So he has to do something to be taken seriously as well. Andy. (laughs)
1: i'm sorry like what what was the space in between uh uh uh, what's my man michael b jordan and damson what was the space in between how much not much exactly
0: what, what does that exactly mean? She's not. She's just trying to have a so good time. So how many men are really out there? How many of these celebrity, when you see, they are already in the new relationship even when you to- find out that things are broken up. You see them, they're like booed up out there with chick to be. And the women are like, mm. you
1: got to give me some examples. But as far as dudes, though, we already the, the stereotype about men settling down is already we already know that. Right. Right. So I'm just saying I, I just think Lori Harvey's name is kind of it seems as if like her name is propped up. Like, you know, what I'm saying she she's she's top billing when it comes to female celebrities. So, you know, when, you know, somebody gets with her, it, it's major big news. And I feel like all she's shown me. Is that she's here for a good time, which there's nothing wrong with that. I just think for some of the dudes, you know, I brought up Michael B. Jordan, you, you kind of pushed back <laughs> on that. It felt like this dude was in love. Every picture, every I video you see. saw, he was over here cheesing. You could see all his teeth. He was looking like Nelly with Ashanti the other day. You feel mm-hmm. me? And then when see? he broke when they when they got broken up and he was over there at the Warriors game and they introduced him, he just looked like a sad puppy.
0: I feel like he was doing that because Well I don't, I shouldn't say this. Go ahead, say it. Um, so I, I think that at that time there was a lot of conversation around our black leading men and who they were dating. And if black women should be supporting these men and pouring into them when they were not dealing with black women outside of their work but utilizing them to build their career. That, that would some of the sentiment that you would read, right? And I think with Michael B. Jordan, also see um, what's my guy's name that was Lawrence on insecure, Jay Ellis, right? Um, Tay Diggs at one time. I think that when you are sort of put in the position as a black man and romantic lead, Black women, we apply pressure. We apply pressure. As fans, we we like to see our, you know, leading men with women that are reflective of us, right? And when it does not, and it seems to be a pattern, some of us start feeling used. And it causes a reaction where, you know, it's a lot of conversation I think that if you were to have a quiet conversation with some of these men, they would talk about some of the pressure that comes from having black female fans and how they react to these black leading men who like to love everybody. Like you look at a film like The Best Man, right? And the sequels. We love that film. We love those actors and actresses in it. But at one point in time, save Morris Chestnut, All the leading men in that film were with women that were others right in the grand scheme of things is it that big of a deal no but when black women feel they are pushing back against negative representation and being used as a mule and then once you get to the promised land and things get nice you know like kanye said you're gonna get on leave you you know for a white girl blah, blah 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 all of those things right now whether you agree with that or not if that is happening or is the case certainly you can agree that as a black leading man, there's a lot of pressure if your girlfriend happens to be something else. Look how Jay Ellis held his girl, you know, kept his wife away from the public for a la- large amount of time. We saw Jonathan Major. He kind of kept his chick tucked right and before he, this incident.
1: And based off of what you're saying, Jonathan Major's making good ain't gonna last either.
0: They might not. I mean, you know, we'll have to see. I think it is a precarious role. I um. it's just, it's hard when you see, I think what you see, the transformation from the 90s and 2000s, where we consider the golden age, so to speak, of black cinema and black TV shows and black love and hip-hop. As hip-hop rose, we saw, you know, black women not take, not be the lead as much, and video girls and love interests, and then, you know, just the things that happened, and then you got the Little Wayne's, you know, that chick looked better. She's red and foreign, and all of that stuff. I think it takes a toll, and so it caused an overcorrection, which sometimes I feel like caused certain black actors to move differently in their love life because their career kind of depended on it.
1: So Michael B. Jordan never truly loved Lori Harvey. I'm not
0: saying? saying that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I cannot say that for. And here's the thing: much like. I think that there are situations where you could say, this would be good for me career-wise. That doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable to do as well, right? So I do think that at that time when they linked up, there is no way that I can say this is a 100% fact. This is just my gut feeling. I feel that he was looking to date a black woman because... He was getting a lot of slack. Do you know the type of things that fans were doing? He was on vacation. He was dating a chick that was kind of an influencer. She was Instagram popular, not black. And they went on vacation. Do you know fans found, like based off of the detective work of stuff she was posting on social media, she did not post anything with him or anything like that. They figured out what hotel she was staying at, called her hotel room, And, you know, they were together. He answered the phone, but the hotel room was under her name and started grilling him and playing on the phone. They were out of the country. Do you know this ended up on the Internet? So I can't say that I don't. On one hand, sort of understand at times You know, when actors make the adjustment for that or they see the benefit in getting in a PR relationship because it makes them look more desirable, because it makes them look more stable, because it gives more runway and more conversation for things to discuss across social media. Um, They happen. Michael B.
1: Jordan didn't need no PR move in that regard. I I get I get there probably was a line full of black women that probably, you know, would would have loved to have dated him or whatnot. But (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I could just if if I could buy that it was a a PR thing for him. I think he actually was digging Lori Harvey. I think
0: he probably started to, you you know, know. he he's what they're about 10 year age different. So people forget Lori Harvey's pretty young. She just turned 25 or 26. Right. So. To me, the idea that she doesn't—people are so like, "Oh my God, she's so wild. She doesn't want to settle down." At twenty-five years old, yeah, she's I young. was not thinking about marriage
1: I guess, at all. I guess for me, man, I I kind of feel like Stephen A. a little bit, where he talked about how, uh, you know, the his current situation. I mean, you're you're not gonna know who Mrs. Smith is until she's Mrs. Smith, right? And I just felt like you know us as the consumers we're just like we're so gassed up on who lori harvey is dating and i don't know it just i don't know it's not a good look for me i i what i what i enjoy seeing is nelly and ashanti together for some reason and i could be all the way wrong but it looks like i can see them actually eloping and actually you know getting married that's dope to me but if, if Lori Harvey is young and she's just out here dating, like, do we have to acknowledge who she's hooking up with and who she's breaking up with? I, I get it. She's a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about it. I get it. But it's just like,
0: who cares? <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't care.
0: Yeah, but... I feel you, Andy. I understand. Well, really quickly, their statement was, they released it to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, but we told you the internet Told you, I told y'all what had happened when the pictures started disappearing off of Instagram and the inflows happened. But this is the statement they released to The Hollywood Reporter. We are at a point in our lives where our individual paths require our full attention and dedication. We part ways, remaining friends with nothing but love and respect for each other and the time we shared together. Aw, the end. So that's that. Anyway, we got a lot of basketball relationship stuff to talk about. Um, We're going to get into Basketball Wives and Royce Reed, who was a part of the original cast when Basketball Wives first launched, I believe in 2010 in Miami. She was a former Orlando Magic and Miami Heat dancer who had hooked up with Dwight Howard and had a son together. And with all of the conversation surrounding Dwight, Royce sat down with reality TV producer Carlos King and got into some things and revealed some things, one, in relation to some things people were wondering about the early time of Basketball Wives, but also, you know, talked a little bit about her relationship with Dwight. Um, I'm going to cliff note that for you when we come forward. You should still check it out and support Carlos. But, um, yeah, I'm going to cliff note that. But before we get into that, one basketball al- um, wives alumni, British Williams, her lawyer got on TikTok to drag her following her case. Uh, British was accused and convicted of some pretty serious charges fed time regarding, you know, uh, identity stealing, fraud, etc. She had an online boutique, and I guess she was not operating above board. Got caught up, took some of that PPP money during the pandemic, and she is going to jail. Well, her lawyer's talking, interviewing, and um, he said that she's a low-level reality star who wouldn't take accountability for her actions. She was just one of those clients that wouldn't listen to me. So we're going to play his comments, but I think that it is egregious that a lawyer, regardless if you felt that way, regardless if you guys lost the case, it's not like British Williams is a high profile person. Why would you go online and expose different aspects of your client's case. How does that build trust for the next client? I mean, I know she's not a client no more, but I, it almost gives off the fact that I felt like, and here's the thing, I, I, I think and have thought that British was guilty just by the setup of stuff. I don't, you know, I she was wrong taking those people's identity money and she does deserve time but I do not feel like where is the discretion where is the attorney client privilege I don't know your lawyer going on TikTok to sell you down the river so soon after a conviction just feels a little dirty Andy
1: number one she's not he or she's not a client of his anymore that's one Number two, I don't even know who British Williams is. Like, I really don't know who she is. But just based off of, of of this clip, and I understand, you know, where you feel like it might be egregious. But the only thing that I could assume is that maybe she was extremely disrespectful to him. And considering and considering her crimes, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he was going to go ahead and defend her. You think it falls in line? 100%. With 100%. Like this is your get back. Come on now. Don't disrespect. like he's trying to he's trying to not have you go to jail. But yeah, you not you don't, don't wanna to listen to him
2: for whatever reason.
0: So let's listen to what the lawyer had to say about the situation.
2: British Williams was sentenced to four years in prison yesterday in federal court in St. Louis. Our British Williams is a low level reality TV star. She was on basketball wives and um couples rehab or therapy or Something like that. A couple of low-level shows like that. Um, I initially represented her on the case. Unfortunately, she was just one of those clients that she wouldn't listen to. me. She wouldn't understand strategy that I was talking to her about for her case. Um, just things that are best practices went on pretrial release in federal court and when any case is pending. And eventually we chose to not continue the representation. I went my way and she went her way and she hired another attorney out of Chicago. The four-year sentence for her yesterday is getting absolutely hammered for a first defense white-collar case, uh, especially in front of that judge. Great sentencing judge, great judge overall. Um, but really, this is what happens when you don't listen to your lawyer, when you don't want to kind of change your ways, take responsibility when you have a case pending, especially in federal court. And I believe that that's in ent-
0: So I believe him that she probably didn't listen. But at the same time, I would not want a lawyer that is going to Follow back around and like, yep. And you deserve that, too. I just I don't know. That just seems a little unprofessional to me in the legal profession. Don't be you got to have a code, man.
1: Don't be disrespectful to your lawyers. That's all I'm going to say.
0: I agree with that, too. That's it.
1: And, and, and they're not legally bonded to each other anymore.
0: I, I I understand that, but you got, a man's got to have a code.
1: Oh, no. I think it was petty versus petty. That's what that was.
0: I can see that. Well, when we come forward, we're going to get into Royce Reed and her saying that Shaq wouldn't leave her alone and how she told Shawnee that she's really the creator of the Basketball Wives franchise, plus a little more. All of that and more, you were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. News and sports is on the other side. Love a good R&B group, you know? Think about all the groups we had in the 90s. Next, Jagged Edge, 112, Boys to Men, Drew Hill. Um, I'm probably forgetting a bunch of others, but, you know, we don't really have that anymore.
1: Dudes don't truly want to sing anymore because it's corny.
0: They can rap and give that emotional thing, still get the same type of chicks.
1: Nobody wants to sing from their diaphragm, though. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to, you know, bellyache and pronounce they love. So
0: They just want to say they're depressed. They, you know, basically. drinking out of a cup yep. and they're going to run through these so-and-sos to deal with the pain.
1: We got a generation full of users.
0: Man, from the dealer to the user.
1: Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure.
0: I mean, I know because I've heard it referenced. But, I mean, where's the documentary on that? Do you know what I think it also coincides with? And some people might get mad at me. I feel like when we, and when I say we, I mean our urban stars, our black stars started embracing more of the rock style, lifestyle, that type of mentality and thing. I feel like because you're exposed to a different type of life, a different type of living and thought process along with that, I feel like that was brought back to the black community And using drugs became acceptable in a different type of way. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of my thought about it. You think about the rise of, you know, where rappers, not just numbers wise, were doing what used to be rock or pop numbers. But when they really started actively going for living that type of lifestyle,
1: you know. And think about it. I mean, you could go ahead and say Lil Wayne was at the top of that list. Facts. And then uh, they had songs, uh, what was it, The Shop Boys or whatever, Party Like a Rock Star. Yep, yep. You know, so and strong, strong
0: point. And, you know, during that time, Perp was coming up to Styrofoam Cups or whatever. So it was like their own version of that. You think about like the metal bands of like the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, they a lot of Jack Daniels, a lot of things like that. But there are a lot of parallels between the rock movement and the hip hop movement as far as the rebellious nature of it, how the generation above them looked at them and the type of music that they were producing the women how the women were followed and idolized and notarized it uh, something it, again this is old school this was the 70s 1972 but um i wish i could remember i'm blanking on the name of the magazine but there is a whole magazine that was put out we talk about instagram we talk about people looking up to the rappers babies mamas and what is that um in 1972 i Gosh, what is the name of the magazine? But it focused on the groupies that followed around these rock acts. These girls were like 13, 14 years old. And it talked about them, you know, sneaking out, how they would sneak into some of these clubs. They followed them for years. And Fast forward to 2023, some of them have gone back and sued some of these men that were around then. You've heard about suits from Steven Tyler, who was an Aerosmith. I think even David Bowie was accused of some things. I mean, it's kind of been across the board. However, saying that to say, I think that there is a lot of parallels between those movements and the alcohol, drugs and money and just that wild factor. Look at... um. If you look at, I I don't know how many people did, but that Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson movie that was on Hulu about their sex tape and things like that, just look at how they were living and how they were conducting their life. really looks like what rap stars do or have been talking about for the past 20 years. Anyway, those are just my thoughts. Andy, did you have more to add? Mm -mm. Okay, so listen, I mentioned Basketball Wives, right, and Royce Reed, Royce is the mother of Dwight Howard's oldest son. And there's a lot with that, but we won't get into that right now. But in a recent interview with Carlos King, Carlos is a reality TV producer. He produced on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. He also created R&B Divas. I think he is also responsible for the Love and Marriage Huntsville show, a couple of other things. But what he's been doing lately is interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. And he interviewed Royce. Obviously, Dwight has been in the loo- news a lot lately. A few weeks before all of these you know, things came out surrounding Dwight, Royce, and again, they've always had a contentious relationship and um, have battled each other very publicly through social media talked again about how she knew that something was going to be coming out about Dwight soon and just watch and see, and how during the pandemic, she, for her son's sake, went and moved in with him and that he was on some deviant stuff, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Royce's early years, part of the reason why she was on Basketball Wives is that, yeah, Dwight was her baby's father, but, um, you know, I think... This might have a little bit in addition to Dwight calling himself Superman and being in Orlando. This might explain some of Shaq's beef with Dwight Howard, too, because Royce definitely was turning down Shaq, but she was picking up what Dwight was talking about. And this was happening at the same time. This was somewhere between 2004, 2006. And ask me how I know it's not Basketball Wives and it's not this interview. Royce is a lot of things, but she's not a liar. Anyway, let's listen. Huh? Yeah, about Shaq. So let's listen to her commentary about what happened with Shaq and how he was pursuing her. And then the end result of what happened when she ended up on Basketball Wives and shared that information with his now ex-wife, Shawnee.
3: I tried to confide in her during filming. yeah and even with that i realized i couldn't trust her because prior to the show even starting i had sent her a thread of where her ex-husband you know had been texting me and nothing ever happened he actually cursed me out because i wouldn't talk to him but i wanted everything to be out in the open i wanted her to see everything so if anything ever happened or said she knew it wasn't true
1: so while While Shawnee was married to Shaq, Shaq was texting you flirty messages.
3: Yes, but this was when I was dancing. So, As a cheerleader? Yeah. Okay. And it came down to a, how he get your number, and he had gotten it from one of the ball boys, right? How did the ball boy get my number? Because we used to all go out and hang at parties. Like, we were cool.
0: What I will say is that... Um, I don't know if that's exactly the right story about how Shaq got her number. But, but when we come forward, I'll get into more of my thoughts because, you know, there's not really enough time. But I don't know. Like, Royce doesn't lie, but I, I think she might be misspeaking on this topic. <laughs> we'll get into that on the other side. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So listen, this is the thing. Royce was a cheerleader, dancer, with the Orlando Magic, and then she switched over to the Miami Heat, right? Um. So, sure, maybe the ball boy, Gay Shaq, her number, fine. This was during the sidekick days, by the way. So it's not like he was actually calling her. He was sidekicking her. Again, I know this to be true. I know this to be facts. She's not lying about that. Um, And she was in pursuit of him. And Shaq is like a big four-year-old, at least at the time, sometimes. And, you know, he probably was in pursuit. But sometimes, I think... You know, it's a conversation we had earlier. It's competition. It's the sport thing. I'm not saying he didn't want her, but I do think that, you know, sometimes the sport of it all, the competitive side, I do think gets into these guys. At any rate, you know, as these clips have been rolling out, everybody's on social media now and they can see it like everybody else. Shaq did jump in the comments. Now, what he did not do he didn't call Royce a liar. He didn't say it wasn't true. But what he did say is, looks like somebody needs some money. And that could be factual. But the important distinction of this story, he did not say it wasn't untrue. So Royce then went on to describe how She is actually the one that pitched the series Basketball Wives to begin with. She doesn't say how she and Shawnee were brought together, whether the producer that she pitched the show to put them together. But I am curious. They were in the same city because initially the way that I was told and um, I have someone who I am friendly with or friends with who was part of this initial group. When Shawnee pitched her basketball wives, or the initial thing, it was all Miami Heat wives. Obviously, we saw the show evolved and it had a Miami connection, but initially, all the wives were members of the Miami Heat organization, specifically that 06 championship team. But the Miami Heat was not on board with this show happening and did not want the players to participate and encouraged them to tell their mates not to participate as well. You know, Pat Riley, the Don, the Godfather. So there were different women involved, different ones pulled out. And if you notice on those early seasons of Basketball Wise, they never said the team name. That's IP. So they couldn't, they weren't allowed to, because it was depicting, so the NBA felt, these teams in their very, in a negative light, not the type of attention they wanted for them. So they would only say the city, oh, my ex played in Miami, oh, her husband played for Los Angeles, and things of that nature, because they didn't want the connection. So, you know, shows come together from various different aspects putting together a reality show often involves putting together people that may not have initially known each other as we see because they have better chemistry or make for a better storyline so this is Royce's explanation of how she actually pitched and conceptualized the concept of basketball wise but didn't know any better to ask for a producer's credit or any type of compensation for all of her hard work
1: The show came about, Shawnee O'Neal approaches you. Did you know who the other cast member was going to be?
3: No, because I think at that point, I might have been the only one that she had talked about it with because then I was introduced to Tom Huffman, who was the creator. And he started having me go to all the meetings. I was the one who pitched the show. When we went and filmed The Little Sizzle, I was the only cast member that went to all the stations. I was the only one that was in those meetings. Shawnee wasn't even there. It was me and Tom. Yeah.
1: Wait. So when the show was being developed, Boys mm-hmm. Read, were, were you were a part of developing the show? Yes.
3: I was the only cast member that went to all those meetings. I even have a, on my Facebook. I have a whole like gallery when I was at all the stations taking pictures. Like this is cool. Yeah, I met with all the heads, yeah.
1: Were you also in the pitch meetings and- and Yes,
3: that's what I'm talking about, yeah. I did those meetings. She wasn't even there. Her best friend was there. It was me, Tom, and like her best friend. Nobody else from the cast.
0: So throughout this pitching, (laughs) I said, Uh I never heard this story before. I know, Oh. you wouldn't. (laughs) So but when she's saying stations, what I really believe she means is networks, right? So um, they probably did cycle through a few. And what I can say is at that time, because I was still working for a network at that time, a little bit before the show came up, as I said, I have some people that I know or are friendly with that were either a part of the Basketball Wives cast or were initially contacted to be a part of the initial cast. And random fun fact, I used to... Um, blog about basketball wives i would recap every episode so much so that i caught the attention of shed media who was the production company and vh1 they used to follow my site and read my updates and i think maybe twice two different production teams years apart i got approached by producers from the show asking if I was interested in having a conversation about joining the cast because they felt like my recaps, what I provided and some of the inside information that there is no way I, um, couldn't not be involved in this world in writing that type of stuff. So that's just a random fun fact, but I say that to say they will put strangers together. Sometimes they'll know somebody will drop a dime and say, Hey, um, these people, there's a connection there. This used to happen. So while Royce is, you know, acting very innocent in her role in these things. And again, I'm not saying Royce is a liar. I'm not even saying she's necessarily wrong. Um, she is presenting, in my opinion, how she laid it out in the situation with kind of Shawnee and those situations kind of differently you knew this woman wasn't really your friend even though you guys were cool but you what you definitely knew is that all of the conversations and the stuff that you were putting out there was potential for use on the show because you yourself said initially when the early cast members linked up and came together there wasn't a lot of chemistry there which is why they had to recast and move around and look for different things so Just a peek behind the curtain of reality TV. Um, I I tell you what, though. She was foolish if she didn't come back. I mean, she's not the first person to kind of have that position. They went with, obviously, the woman who had the biggest name value and would be the biggest draw. We saw other versions try and do it from the... I guess, outside woman's perspective, for lack of a better term. There was Candy Girls, which was on E!, which was about video models. But a lot of those women obviously dated athletes and some even ended up on Basketball Wives. Um, But the reality of (laughs) reality TV is sometimes you're going to have to put together some scenarios to make things work, to make them flow, because... Yes, it is a docu-series where it's documenting real life, but it also has to be entertaining because there's an audience behind it. Listen, there are so many other stories that we did not get a chance to get into tonight, and I'm going to hold a couple of them for tomorrow. And yes, some of them are for the after hour, the 11 o'clock hour. Um, So I want to make sure that you are locked in and back here Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Pacific time for RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. I hope you had an amazing time tonight that you got a little bit of information. You got a little medicine with your sugar and you didn't mind. When we come forward on the other side, you are going to be listening to the best of KBLA. I, once again, hope you enjoyed your time tonight, VIPs. Make sure that you are back here tomorrow for more trending topics and headlines across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture with me, Jill Monroe. Until then, have an amazing night.